It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Carrie. And we, we are, are two girls, girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Carrie McLeod. Yay. My once every six month Yeah, guests. that's that's what I've turned into. <laughs> we try and plan for once every month or two and yeah. we both cancel. So welcome back. How are you? I'm good. You got your coffee. It's mm-hmm. Sunday morning. I've got my my emerge. Do you do my max muscle? They have this emerge stuff that like it's better than coffee. It gives me some zoom and it's supposed nope. to be a fat fighter appetite suppressant. Interesting. Not sponsored. Sorry, I didn't know. I don't know why I went on that tangent. <laughs> Maybe because I didn't want you to think I was drinking Malibu and diet. That's what I know. That's 10, what you're drinking. Thirty this morning. Just admit it. It's okay. No, no, no. Janet's a lush. She's drinking. <laughs> no, no. Got to be productive. Gotta it is be productive. two girls and a bottle of wine. So it is, but we mm-hmm. we meet on Sunday mornings. So. And you know, this could be vodka. It could. It could. That mm-hmm. is a massive bottle of water. That's why I would be suspicious that it might be vodka. <laughs> How many liters is that? Is it nine? I don't know. 1.5. Oh, it just looks big. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So, we were all on a tangent before the podcast started. Yes, we were. <laughs> and I'm like, we got we to gotta record this stuff. So, <laughs> lots been going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a, a Carrie McLeod update. If you're, we're friends with you on Facebook, we've kind of seen what's been going on. But Yeah. Um, my son, who's amazing, he's 19. He's, he's the young Sheldon. He's the young. He's the middle Sheldon. Now he, that they have a young Sheldon. He is, he's, he's my own Sheldon Cooper. He's high-functioning, autistic. He's also, his first diagnosis is actually rap- rapid cycling bipolar. And we had some major challenges when he was younger. Um, uh, he he was 13 times in inpatient psych, I think when he was 11, um, which I, I honestly had to file bankruptcy for those medical bills. Were you still married at the time? No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So anyway, he ultimately, he lived at um, Denver Children's Home which is Colorado's oldest not-for-profit. He lived at Denver Children's Home for a year, and then he spent another year doing um, outpatient in school there. And the state of Colorado, or the county, paid for paid for that. And I kind of, you know, I mean, I knew that this, I knew at some point they were going to come after me because I, I do have a job. I do have a good-paying job. Um, so at some point I knew that, that was my debt, but I didn't realize how high of a debt it was. I also thought that they would have to go through a whole process in order to collect the money. Um, I owe the state of Colorado slightly over $250,000 for that. Oh my gosh. They, they categorize that as child support. Mm-hmm. <coughs> which means they do not have to take you to court. They do not have to bill you. And I got 
a letter that I was going to be garnished, and then three days later I was garnished. I'm garnished almost $850 a paycheck. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Because they can take out that amount that would be child support, which is a, a huge percentage on your gross pay. Um, so, you know, top that with student loans and everything else. I, immediately. I immediately went to... Um, to a place where I really, I couldn't afford the rent for my apartment anymore. I mean, that would have been all I could afford. I have student loans. I have to buy groceries. I have children. Uh, I owe, I owe federal taxes, you know, so all these, all these different things. So when, when I look at my paycheck, it's crazy. I have more taken out of my paycheck than I am bringing home because I have huge insurance, you know, I pay for family for insurance. And, you know, I have my 403b that comes out. So I have that percentage that what comes is 403b It's same as 401k. It's okay. just, I work for a not for profit. So it's categorized differently. Um, so anyway, my ex husband, I talked to, you know, I was, I was struggling, I was managing to pay my rent, but I wasn't sleeping anymore. I knew that my student loans, you know, I finished school, so I knew that my student loans were going to be coming up soon. Um, you know, how am I going to take care of this? My lease is coming up. I'm going to, the every systematically, every single year, they've raised my rent by at least $150, at least. Well, Denver, that's Denver right they, now. Exactly. So... <clears throat> So anyway, I talked to my ex-husband. My ex-husband is living in what is my house, but I didn't buy it. I would have never chose this house, what, and I didn't actually even purchase this house. What I did was I refinanced that house with his mother when she retired because she didn't prepare for retirement at all. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't take advantage. She worked for Kodak. She did not take advantage of, of their 401k, nothing. I mean, Why? She, she she somehow thought she was going to get enough money in, in, in Social Security. Oh, okay. Why anybody would think that, I, I really don't know. Mm -mm. But anyway, I talked to my, my ex-husband, and I asked if I could move into his garage, which is kind of like a, you know, it's got a heater out there, and we, we put drywall up and carpet and everything else. Anyway, he... He has agreed to live in the garage. That's his. That was his choice. I'm not a beast. Um, <laughs> he said he would live in the garage, and I'm living in the house. And I realized that it's not that he was being so nice. It's because the kids are in the house too. So it's so you got you deal to with stay kids. with the kids. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Got to. Yeah. Or forced to. Whichever. <laughs> The thing was, though, is that I hadn't stepped foot in that house in a very long time because, you know, I left 11 years ago, so I hadn't stepped foot in there for a very long time. And, oh, my God, it needed work. It was so, so bad. So I, rent, I, I rented one of those big construction bins. You know, it was like 12 feet by 5 feet by 8 feet tall. We filled it. We filled it. And we still had not even conquered the backyard, which I didn't even look at the backyard until um, the cable guy came, and then I was incredibly embarrassed because there's, like, furniture out there, and I'm not sure he's cleaned up dog poop in oh, gosh. years. You know, and, and so, you know, at some point, I'm going to need to get another one of those construction things and, and do the backyard. But You need to do that before it gets hot and stinky. Well, yeah, except it's muddy right now. Right. You know, so um, it's just... 
I, I did get him to pick up all the dog poop. Oh, good. At least, at least that. So, you know, I did get him to do that. The bathroom was absolutely unreal, and he had a mouse problem, um, which a lot of people in that neighborhood had a mice problem because of construction that was going up nearby. I mean, those that housing area is very, very old, but, you know, construction going up nearby, so he had a mouse problem, but he wasn't doing anything about the mouse problem. He did get a cat, and so now there's no mice. But mice are not very, um, they're not very polite about their bathroom habits. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you, where are you going with this? Yes. <laughs> they're not, no. And, and then on top of it, you know, they're attracted to paper. They're, mm-hmm. they're like newspapers and stuff. Well, you know, he doesn't throw things away. And so like in the living room, there was probably four years piled of mail because he's got like a, a, a mail slot that's mm-hmm. in the house. You know, and I shouldn't be sharing all this dirty laundry, laundry, but oh my God, he is just completely incompetent when it comes to cleaning. You know, and if you looked inside my car or my desk, you'd say, oh, well, you're not the neatest person. Right. Where I live, though, that's a whole different thing. I like things to be very neat, very organized, everything. So, I mean, it was making me physically ill thinking I'm moving in here. You know, I mean, the amount of cobwebs and stuff. So anyway, it took us about a week and a half I paid my oldest daughter $100 to clean the bathroom. That's how bad that tiny space was. Mm. I mean, it was absolutely unreal. I have pictures. I'll show you. Yes, please. I mean, don't post them. No, but, no. But, yeah, I have afterwards. I'll show you. Um, so it, it took a lot of work, but we got it all cleaned out. You know, in the kitchen, his stove didn't work. You know, only one burner worked. Okay. And I'm pulling it out, you know, because I'm getting rid of it. I bought a new one. I went to that Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. warehouse. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. I do want to plug it. I, I absolutely do. <laughs> Not sponsored, but we love it. It, it. it is absolutely fantastic. Chris told me about it. And, like, if you're doing any kind of remodel job or anything, seriously, go look there because it's amazing. And it benefits such an incredible organization. So um, I, bought it, I bought a stove there. But as I was pulling out the stove, my, ex-husband, my ex-husband, he says... You know, I know a pretty good appliance guy. He could fix that. And I'm like, "Uh, no, we're not fixing this. Because inside was a layer of mouse droppings. I'm like, oh my gosh. No, we're not going to. This is like straight from a horror story. Yeah. I'm like, we are not going to fix this. This is going in the trash. This is absolutely going in the trash. And I'm getting a new one. So, you know, we got the carpet cleaned. Cleaned all the walls. I mean, you know, Kinsey and I, we spent we spent five hours just cleaning the walls in the living room. You know, we we had Is it drywall? Yeah. So I mean it just took oh. it just took an incredible amount of work. But there is one silver lining. So I've taken two showers. The bathroom is just so bad. You know, and I've got it looking Wait, decent. You've been there how long? Um, a week, two weeks. And you've taken two showers? Uh, uh, I need to explain. I've taken, yes, I'm I'm getting there. I took two showers. I'm getting that. Come on, you know me. You know I have to do the build up. (laughs) Sorry, building up, building up. So the bathroom now, it's it's prettier now because, you know, I put up my shelving. We seriously cleaned it. I I put up shelving and, and, you know, nice towels and a rug and all of that. But the sink doesn't work and it's... It doesn't work at no, all? No, the faucets are completely out. And when he was trying to fix it, he tore out part of the wall. And it's not like a vanity sink, so that's hidden. You know, it's not even a pedestal sink. It's just like one of those sinks where the people building say, oh, you know what? We need a sink in here. 
you know. Uh-huh. So, I mean, but the shower, you know, the tiles were coming out when I was moving, when I moved out 11 years ago, the tiles were coming out, you oh, know. No. And so he's got like one of those plastic enclosures, you know. I haven't even looked behind it because I don't want to know what's back there but even like you know like this where the water comes out there's like a big hole there because you know the tile's coming out and the tile is virtually i mean the tile is protecting the drywall from getting water damage right you know and so like there's this major hole there you know so i took i took two showers in there i hated it i'm like i don't think i can i can't do this you know i can't afford to i can't afford to fix this what what i'd ultimately like to do if I had the money, but I wouldn't be living there if I had the money. What I would like to do is tear out the tub. None of us take baths. Tear out the tub. Tear all that out. Do Mm -hmm. a shower, you know. But the silver lining is, is now I go to the gym every day. (laughs) And I figure while I'm there, you know, since I'm going to take a shower while I'm there, I might as well work out, so. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that is awesome. So you know how bad the shower is, because I think we've even talked on here about how disgusting I feel, how gross I feel. Yes, I don't like locker rooms. You know, although this 24-hour fitness is doing a lot better job of cleaning their their, their locker room and their showers you could, and like, everything. You could, like, carry some bleach spray in your bag and <laughs> spray it down before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and then Kinsey joined the gym and Skylar joined joined the gym. But Skylar still goes home and takes a shower. I'm like, that's so weird. If you have this opportunity to shower anywhere else, I don't know why you would shower at home. I, I really, really don't. Yeah, so that's that's pretty bad. There is like a city loan. You know, the house is in my name. His mom died. Um, There is... There's a city loan. I can't remember what the program's called. It's a deferred loan, you know, that you pay back if you sell the house. Right. Um, for that will address like, and there's safety issues there because, you know, there's mold in the bathroom and stuff. So I might apply for that. The problem is, is that my, I think my gross pay is way too high mm. to qualify for that loan. And I don't know if they'll take into consideration. I mean, it is, it is them who are garnishing me. Right. <laughs> you know? And how long are they going to be garnishing? Well, I have to be, once I'm garnished for the next, I think, 15 more months or 16 more months, then I can do income base. But I'm also, I got a second job, and I'm probably going to drive for, like, Lyft or Uber or something. You got a second job doing what? Um, working at Dress Barn. Well, I haven't started there yet, wow. but I do. I, and then I'll drive for, like, Amazon Flex or Lyft or, or whatever, um, save all of that. And then I can probably go, if I have like $20,000, I'm sure I can say, hey, let's settle. Here's what I have. Let's settle. You know, because they're even at that point, they've gotten way more for me, you know, because we had to go to family court and everything for my son. You Mm -hmm. know, I was always the only parent in there that actually had a job. You know, most of them were fresh out of prison or whatever, you know, so, um, you know, they, they by that point they'll be getting they'll have so much more money from me than they normally get to collect for any kind of foster group home situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you know, and I don't I don't regret that Skyler lived at Denver Children's Home. I, I truly don't. I don't regret that because they changed his life. You know, he's nineteen now. He's doing very very well. 
Um, so, no, I don't regret that. And then, you know, people, well, why don't you just file bankruptcy? It is my debt. That's the bottom line is it is my debt. But it is a really good case study for why um, I am such an activist for, sorry, I'm just cleaning off your table here. Is it dirty? No, it's just got like some kind of crumbs or something. Oh, um, I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm just talking about how um, dirty the house is. Uh-huh. I'm going to clean up your house, Janet. Gross. I know. Now I'm much more sensitive to little crumbs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I am a huge activist for universal health care. Mm-hmm. A very strong activist. And this is a very good case study on why we need it. Because the truth is is that for the middle class, which I am absolutely middle class, I'm I'm a little bit over the national median income. Although I don't feel it now in my paychecks, but right. um, it's devastating. Any kind of medical situation can be absolutely devastating to middle class. If you are in, if you're in poverty level, then you can acquire Medicaid and all of those things. And, and of course, if you're above middle class, you can just pay for those things. It's that middle class, and you know, I know a lot. Of, my my own brother disowned me for my views on this, and he knows the whole situation. But he's like, you know, that's bullshit because then we don't have quality. I'm like, you're listening to propaganda from the for-profit insurance companies. Mm-hmm. That's what you're listening to. We are we rank 37th in the world for med- quality overall medical science quality, medical healthcare quality. 37th. Americans like to believe we're the best at everything, but that's exactly the thinking that's going to ensure that we never are ever again by thinking that because the truth is is that we're 37th in the world the 36 countries that rate above us have universal health care so any of that belief that if we have universal if we have universal health care then then the quality is going to go down it's that's false that's a false narrative it's not true um and then people they argue about well then we pay more in taxes you know what if you do the math you'll realize you'll pay significantly less than you are now, because most people have co-insurance now. They don't even have real insurance. So I have a question, because I'm an idiot. Um, Canada, Mm -hmm. do they have universal? Yeah. So in China even has universal health care. China, as of 2009. And speaking with my coworkers who live in Canada, they're not satisfied with universal. Um, Because, you know, there's such a long wait to try and get in to see someone. That's not usually the case at all. In fact, most people, I mean, yeah, it could be the situation in their particular area. But the truth is, is that when you go across the, when you go across the world and you talk to people with universal health care, yeah, there's still some very extreme views in, you know, the UK and Canada and, you know, in places where there is universal health care, Australia. I mean, there's still some, everybody's going to have a story on how things worked out well, how things didn't work out well. But I know a great number of people who have lived in Canada or do live in Canada now. They are extremely happy Mm -hmm. with their health care. You know, same thing as here. And, you know, we don't have universal health care, but I can tell you our patients to get into our specialty clinics, they have at least a six month wait, Mm -hmm. at least a six month wait. So you can't even you can't even correlate that wait times 
or waiting for to that's you can't even make that mm-hmm. say that's different here because it's not you know especially because there's fewer and fewer going into it there's there's no you you just it's and when you have to think about yeah there's overall quality there's always going to be no matter what the circumstance yes you're always going to talk to people who are not happy mm-hmm. about this or that but the but honestly we managed to turn something that should be a basic human right into into a money make it money making profit situation and that doesn't make any sense to me that would be the same thing as what if we turn the police into Mm. something you got to pay for you know what if we decided you know what if we decided that if i wanted to drive over here i had to actually pay for the road that i traveled over here you know so i mean it's taking those basic human rights um, I mean, it's taking something that should just be a basic right for anybody mm-hmm. and, and turning it into a money-making business. And it's not, it's not really the hospitals making money. It's not really the providers making money. It's the insurance companies making money. That's mm-hmm. who's making money. And a lot of them are publicly traded companies. And there's something very, very wrong with a system that is denying healthcare based on whether people can afford it or not. And so now in my current situation too, I pay a ton of money for insurance, you know, and I'm, I'm happy with, I have Kaiser and I'm happy with it. <clears throat> However, I can't afford to use it. Mm. You know, I, I pay so much in, in premiums, you know, that I can't, I can't afford to use it. And I'm lucky. I'm very lucky because I work for an organization that pays three fourths of our premium. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, um, let's talk about podcasts. Okay. Two? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back with Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine. So real. Hey, it's going to say it's fake. So real. And we're back with Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine and Carrie McLeod. And you recently um, tried out for TED Talk. I did. Um, and that was super exciting for me. And I... It, freak out at the idea of public speaking so i was just like oh my gosh she's amazing mm-hmm. she's amazing i can't believe she's doing this so that was like a month ago um two months ago my time perception is yeah. jacked okay yeah so have you heard about it well i did not i i was not accepted but i was encouraged to audition again mm-hmm. and i didn't think i would um you know in smaller groups of people like at work I am considered one of the better public speakers. That's a much smaller group. So you're talking about competing with people who are, I mean, they do this for a living. Some of them, not all of them. Um, So I went into it and I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what it would be like. Um, So I went into it with that attitude of this is kind of like a uh, dress rehearsal because I I will audition again. Maybe with the same topic. What was your topic? Um, I, I kind of a agape love, filia love. You know that idea of not romantic love, but that idea of 
of how much are you loving every single day? Mm-hmm. You know, not just not just those people who you're homogenous with or I mean it's a big challenge to love and forgive people that maybe you don't necessarily like or maybe in parts of communities that for whatever reason you you have some discriminatory or I don't even want to say discriminatory stereotype views of, you know. So it's I, I, it's that idea of every single night before you go to sleep, how much did I love today? You know, were you serving your underserved communities? You, you know, were you forgiving? Were you, all, all those different things. So I was told that the topic was absolutely fantastic. Um, and somebody from Toastmasters encouraged me to join that. Now explain what Toastmasters is, just in case. Toastmasters is is for everybody on every level who really want to, you get to network, but you also you improve your meeting facilitation skills, your public speaking skills, you improve all of those, you get great feedback. Sometimes it's impromptu speeches, you're just giving some topics and you do an impromptu and then you do some where you get to prepare. That is the whole role of it. And there's Mm -hmm. so many Toastmaster um, chapters in just in the city, just in the metro area. Um, and then when I talked to my boss, my big boss, not my direct boss, my um, our executive director, and he does see me as a very good public speaker, and he's the one who actually told my boss to give me a performance goal of working with all of our different lab sections um, in doing different team building mm-hmm. stuff, you know, helping those employee engagement scores. They think in terms of the scores. I just want people to be engaged. You right, know? right. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's quantifiable. You, you want to measure those things for, for sure. Um, so my boss would like me to look into starting a Toastmasters chapter in my department. So you just need 20 people. To, to start a chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think we would have that interest. We have about 250 people in my department. I think we'd have that interest right now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people really wanting to work on their public speaking skills. They're starting to get that that's a key piece in helping them to grow mm-hmm. and be leaders. You know, they're, they're starting to get that. So um, I did get to work with one of our lab sections just actually on public speaking. You know, working with them on doing their presentations. They they all had a performance goal of doing a presentation this year. Some For some, that was really stepping outside of a comfort zone. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I just get clammy inside thinking about it right here. I'm like... What's... Yeah, I'm, I'm always curious what scares... I mean, the last I was ever afraid speaking in public was as an undergrad, as a freshman undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and my public speaking class, which you have to take, you know, as an undergrad, right. you have to take. Oh, I, I minored in speech. I took all the speech classes. So funny. I hate it, though. I you know, so it. my very first one, I was absolutely terrified. I was, you know, I stood up at the podium, and, you know, this is way back. You didn't get PowerPoint, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't Like, either. now, of it course, I have PowerPoint cards. and the clicker, and I can point, and, you know, with mm-hmm. my little pointer and everything, which is nice, because I'm a walk-around-the-room sort of person. 
when I'm giving a speech. But remember, we'd have like the overheads, you stand at a podium, and I'd like cling to this podium, and my leg would do this shaking thing, <laughs> you know, and I'd have like sweat. Because, you know, when I get nervous, I sweat, which it's one of those serious telltale signs that's embarrassing and goes along with my whole I am so awkward thing. But, you know, I'm sad. And, and my speech teacher, she, she told me that your content is so good. But what she suggested that I do is take a theater class. Mm-hmm. So I took a theater class. And then also right around the same time, I got a job as a bartender. Working in the service industry helped. Yeah. But I didn't get into that until after I started. And then, and then I just kept growing. And then I was very fortunate in my job that I just was tasked so often with doing, with doing speaking. You know, and in college, I kept doing more and more and more and more. Um, and now I, I love it. But I'm always curious what, what specifically makes people afraid of it. So if... You're because many, 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 many times you have to speak upon subjects that maybe you don't have any emotion attached to. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're not there's not a lot of drive. Like I have a fear when I'm speaking about things that, you know, I'm not 100 percent in like I don't know the ins and outs that I'm not going to I'm going to look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. You know, I I do my job well. I'm, I'm a recruiter. I love recruiting. I'm afraid to lose a credibility if I get up, public speak, and follow mm-hmm. my face. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's the biggest fear. Like, I like to work behind the curtain, do the good things, and people go, oh, good job, Janet, an email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't talk to me in person. Mm. <laughs> I'm the person behind the pink curtain. I'm always a little surprised at some of the people. Like, I work with some serious extroverts that you would think would... Mm-hmm. be fine with it and so there's not an i i did have an argument with somebody at work because we we're trying to set up some um hospital-wide speeches and we got plenty of volunteers to do it but this particular um person who i i like i, I like but she's i i think she still has some she's very smart she's got a lot of potential incredible amount of potential and she's going to go places but I think right now about something, she just is sort of green. And her argument was that we're not going to get anybody willing to do this because the lab is filled with ex- introverts. I'm like, introverts have nothing to do with it. Mm-mm. You know, I know extroverts who are terrified of public speaking, and I know, and I'm an introvert, but I have no issue. It's like here talking on this. I don't have any challenges with talking. See, this to is people. different. People ask me, how do you podcast? Mm-hmm. How do you vlog if you don't? like public speaking i'm like Mm -hmm. because this is me and my friend carrie sitting here talking Mm -hmm. when i'm vlogging it's me talking to my phone right like i don't picture beyond what is happening right right now and i get that so in 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 person you know you actually see who your audience is you know so i understand that and i have some weird things like if if the group is way too small that makes me more nervous than if it's a big group and Steve's the same way when he's performing. He's like, oh, God, there's only 10 people out there. Mm-hmm. And he hates that. Mm-hmm. But if it's packed, he feeds off that energy. Right. 
So I could see where that and could I'm, be similar. I'm getting used to some of the smaller groups. There's one particular class that I just teach once a year, and I teach it to our residents and fellows, and then we mm-hmm. open it up to the lab. But most of the lab has taken this at some point, this particular class. So, But in that case, it actually works out pretty well because then I worked in some activities and some role-playing, which... <laughs> That's fun for me to watch because that's a big fear for a lot of people too. Is that role playing thing when you break up into smaller groups and role play? Yeah. See, I like that. Oh my god, talk to Amber about what she feels about role playing. Um, oh, I I did her a humongous favor. My my boss, we're now working on where we're gonna. I'm gonna do the team building for my team. Mm-hmm. And what my team needs specifically is the ways that they talk to each other. I'm always a little floored when people talk so rudely to each other. And I'm like, you know what? You could say that in a whole different way that's not so disrespectful. You mm-hmm. know? I don't I don't get why people So dig a little bit deeper into that. that. What do you could you give a specific example? Um, okay. So one of one of our employees, I, I'm actually, uh, the, and my team recognizes that I'm more diplomatic than most of them. So when we're not supposed to sell things at work, mm-hmm. we can't sell like you Girl know, Scout girls. cookies. Yeah, we can't sell things at work. It happens. If it's on the down low, I don't think anybody really says anything. But one of um, one of my team members, who is she's a sweetheart. She she was actually marketing and like she's putting on her window that she's selling gross Girl Scout cookies and all this. Oh. I didn't really care. I I honestly don't care. We don't work in a patient area. I I don't care. I figure if my boss has an issue with it, then he can take it up with her. I just don't care. But it was infuriating a couple other members of our team because they couldn't sell. No, they don't. They they just. I think they just wanted to be pissed off, you know? That's unfortunate. <laughs> I know. There's some things where <laughs> like, it's like, you know. Their kids were selling, and they, they thought that was unfair, but no, oh, my. No, no, no. It was, it was just, I, 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 I don't know the dynamics there. They probably had good reason for why they were angry. But anyway, they were being kind of nasty about it. And they actually, they said, hey, you know, but do this in front of us. How about you talk to her? I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. how, tell her name, but can you talk to her and tell her she can't do that because you do it nicer than we do, and we want to watch you do it. Uh. I'm like, okay. So I just told her. I said, you know, our policy is our policy is that you can't. I just said it simply, nice, mm-hmm. direct. I didn't go slam a policy on her uh. desk or anything like that, you know, which is very passive aggressive. You know, I just had the conversation with her. And, and, and it was just, it was direct. It was nice. And she's like, oh, yeah. Th-. She said, thank you. Thank you. I know other people sell it. And I said, I get that. And if you're doing it on the download, just to your friends, to your friends at work, I think it will be fine. But you can't market it. You can't hang up signs about it. You know, and if, if say, our VP comes down, if Jared comes down, and I did actually save her ass because 10 minutes later, Jared came, walked right through that hallway. So wow. I did actually save her. Um, and she handled it fine. And, and, but they don't get it. Why, well, then why can't we tell her things about policy? And she gets all pissed off. I'm like, think about the way that you do it. It's that simple. It's, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I'm going to do. I want I wanted to do some team building exercises around the way that we talk to each other and how you can say the same thing 
in a way that is much more respectful. It kind of goes along with the whole crucial conversations thing, you know. It means doing some role playing. Well, Amber's on my team. And Amber's like, I don't want to do it. And, you know, Amber, of course, is pissed off about She's like, we're not really a team. We all do different things. I'm like, most teams all do different things. I'm on the HR team. And we're still a team. What I do is different than what payroll I know. Does. We're still <laughs> yeah. a team. You but know? everyone sees things differently. <laughs> uh-huh. And But anyway, I saved her. So she's going to be at a conference. And that's when I scheduled it for her. And I said, I did that for you. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> She is so sassy one-on-one, but I feel like she and I are very similar in that fact where we don't want to be, like, the limelight. We don't want to, like, be in large groups. There's some, like, social... What? You're making faces. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of similarities between you two, but I'm not sure that's the best category mm-hmm. of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, she what I, she doesn't like role-playing. She does like people thinking that she's important, though. I, I yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean that in a mean okay, way. Okay, that sounded very... <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mean that in a, in a mean way at all. I just all. like people to think I'm competent. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I can get it done. Yeah, and, and, she's the sa- and she's the same way, and she is absolutely But I don't want to be important because that means I make decisions, and I don't want to make decisions for anybody outside yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. And and I kind of think she likes making decisions, and that that's good. I yeah. I think I was burned in the past. I had a horrible boss mm-hmm. that I was at a point with the company and my position where I was comfortable making decisions. It took me a long time to get there, mm-hmm. and then if I didn't run everything through him, he would just blow up. Even though it was the right decision, right? He just it so was, he was a control thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm to a place where I'm like, I never want to lead a team again. I just want to do my job and do it well mm-hmm. and go home at the end of the day and yeah. cuddle with my dog. Yeah. I think I'm more similar with you in the not wanting to be limelight. I'm probably, there's some ways in which I'm probably more outgoing than most of than both of you. Oh, yes. But I'm not, I mean, I'm an introvert like both of you are. I'm just much, I can be much more verbal, but... I think that's something that surprises people is I don't like being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I, I truly don't. I don't like the limelight. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't like big recognition. I like just simple, just say thank you. That's that's all the thank you. That's all the recognition that I need, you know. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know how we got here. I don't either. <laughs> weird conversation well let's take a break and we'll we'll come back and talk about podcasts maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> all right we'll be right back with two girls and a bottle of wine so real hey it's gonna say it's fake so and we're back with carrie mcleod and two girls and a bottle of wine on this beautiful sunday it's spring here in colorado yeah spring, just like spring. just like last time our best conversations are when we go to break right yeah <laughs> Um, you sent me a link yesterday about podcasts. It was I the did. top 50 podcasts from Time Magazine for yeah. 2018. Yeah. Um, in re- I started to read the list, and I've known this for a while because my coworkers and I talk about podcasts. And I'm all about like the 
the silly podcasts, the mm-hmm. um, the podcasts that are hosted by former Bachelor contestants, <laughs> Bachelorette contestants, the the ones that focus on entertainment news, the fluffy ones. And I know there's deeper ones out there, and a lot of the ones on the list are deeper, or there's um, fiction podcasts, and I'm like, I don't even understand how that works, because mm-hmm. um, I kind of look at it as a like an update. I, I, I tune into these podcasts for updates on these these people or other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, you are thinking about getting into podcasts? Yeah. I, I, You've been on a podcast for how long now? And you're just not thinking about getting into them? I'm, I... You know they're becoming a bigger they're becoming a bigger thing. But see, I'm the opposite of you. I right. like the idea. I mean, for me, it's relaxing to learn new things, and and for a long time, that's what most podcasts were was more of the entertainment fluff. You know, Which I love like what we do. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> although I, you and I, I, I get say, into some Carrie, serious conversations, Carrie, our podcasts are not fluffy as. As much as other podcasts that I do. I know. But that's okay. That's why I love you. I'm the one that gets way more into serious stuff, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. I used to try and like bring fluff to the table and you'd be like, Ryan who? What? Yeah, we're not. We're not doing fluff. No. <laughs> I know this Rejected. is your podcast, but when I'm here, no. It's we're our not doing, podcast. No, we've it's done some fun. fluffy. We've done some fluffy stuff. Right. I just don't get the celebrities. Yeah. It, but that's... It, so now it's becoming a... There's there's a podcast for everybody. Everybody, everything. Yeah, and you know, of course, I listen to music when I'm at the gym. But I sometimes, you know, you get tired of your same playlist, and you know, so sometimes I think I might. It's going on, you know, because before I had to move into this place where there the shower sucks, forcing <laughs> me to go to right? the gym, which is actually a big silver lining. I want to go back and say something that I don't think I said in regards to my move, but then we can go back to podcast. Okay. I'm very grateful. I mean, I can complain uh-huh. about this whole situation. And believe me, you'll get text messages from me that say things like, I get why I left him. I get why we're divorced, you know. Um, it all adds up now. Yeah. I'm reminded. But in, in all actuality, I'm very grateful because I think a lot of people in my situation would end up homeless or living in one of those pay-by-the-week motels or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, so now we can go back to podcasts. So, you know, when I was working out at home, you know, for I hadn't gone to the gym in a long time up until this past two weeks. That's weird. I thought you were, like, religious. I, I, no, I, I work out regular, absolutely. Okay. But I, I was doing a lot of – I found some DVDs I really liked. Okay. I had more space in my apartment. Um, you know, I had room in my bedroom where I could actually – where I could actually work out, and you know, I like some of those advanced um, interval training. You know, so you're mixing cardio with with weights. But sometimes, I, you know, I knew so many of the routines that sometimes I just like watch TV, you know, while I was doing it instead mm-hmm. of listening to music or playing the DVD. You know, so kind of that same thing. So I don't necessarily always want to listen to music. I was thinking, you know, sometimes maybe I want to listen to some podcasts. And now that there's genres for everybody. Everybody. Um, and, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And I like the idea of getting to learn stuff. Um, yeah. I think uh, I'll start checking out a few of them. Mm-hmm. So, What's on your radar? 
Well, like I said, uh, one of the doctors in my text message to you, I wish I, I probably should could have even stopped by work and looked at my Right, desk. you said it was on a post-it on your desk. It's on a post-it on my desk at work. And and so one of the doctors that I work with, she she listens to a science one, and I can't think, but it's there's humor to it, too. And I can't think of the name of it, but it's inspired her to do, a, she's going to do a lunch and learn for our staff um, that this podcast inspired her to mm-hmm. do. So um, I did listen to the particular episode that she told me about, but then I didn't bookmark it or anything. So, but yeah, I like the idea of getting to to learn things. I think I would probably be... I think I'd be most drawn to, like, the science ones. There was one, I'm trying to find it, I have the list, that it was, like, a word one. Like it. Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about because I wanted the, to check into that And one that of my one. favorite classes when I was in high school was a word class where we, like, dissected the parts of each word, which I feel like not a lot of people have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I, rem- I remember, like, being very interested in that class I always I was always present mentally in that class mm-hmm. and then you know as I've grown up I realized that people don't understand the parts of words and I'm very thankful for that class and I can't find it are you talking about um I can't find it the allusionist it's hmm word nerd Helen Zaltzman covers her yes. informative podcast uh-huh yes yeah, that's one I want to check out, too. That might be something that might be the gateway into the um, thinking, I say, I say thinking podcast, because like I told you via text message, right now I'm listening to podcasts to escape, mm-hmm. escape reality, escape what's going on in the real world. I um, I like to hear about, you know, what's going on with the Kardashians, what's going on with the latest Bachelor people. Yeah, it looks like some of these are fluff. I, I was just scrolling, and some of the ones I looked at didn't like the fiction ones. I really don't think I can get. I'm I listen to audible books, and that's where I get my fiction fill. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Steve's always like, "Oh, you got to you got to dig in. You got to find more." I don't have time to find more. You know, mm-hmm. I've got my life pretty full. I've got my DVR time. I've got my Netflix time. I have my podcast time. I have my Audible time, and I don't have a lot of more. I don't have more time. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't listen to music as much as I used to. Like, people come to me, hey, have you heard the new blah, blah, blah? No, I haven't. I'm listening to this great new book. <laughs> Speaking of books. Oh, here's one that's... Oh, you're so- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe you weren't listening to me. <laughs> I was listening to you, but at the same... This, this one is a podcast about San Quentin prison life made by prisoners. I don't know that I want into that dark world. That I, I think I'd have to just check it out. I was all out. about Orange is the New Black until like probably the third or fourth season, and it just got a little too dark yeah, for me. Yeah, except we also know, too, that's not what prison's like. Right. But I thought it was very insightful. I was like, oh, because it was written by someone that did go to jail. But then it had a Hollywood twist. It has a total Hollywood twist. They don't ever have free time away from guards. Get real. Please. <laughs> I don't know that. They don't. I've never been to jail. Oh, let, so you say. I swear to goodness. <laughs> this, this one might be good. The gender knot. Oh, what's that about? It's um, 
they pose the question, what can men do to help women achieve equality? Isn't Equality Day coming up? Something? I don't know. <laughs> I saw something on Forbes today. Um, dead air. Dead air. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I should have reviewed the list before. Are you serious? Because it I was, was like, interesting. I'm sitting reading or reading it while I was eating my breakfast going, oh, I should have read this yesterday. Oh, I should have read this yesterday. <laughs> and then me, I'm rude. I just read you're, it. You're like, but you know, let's, let's talk about let's, this. Let's get real. I'm probably <sighs> your most talkative co-host ever. Right. I, I Right. I mean, I yes. don't usually give you time to talk. And so just think of it as I was giving you time to talk because I don't usually do that. So, well, according to Google, the, the Women's Equality Day is August 26th. So that's not anytime soon. So I don't know what Forbes was talking about. Uh-huh. Something about Equal Pay Day. Let me Google that. Yeah, that would be nice. No, actually, I work for an organization that does have gender equality but because you can you uh, organizations can join or have third-party people analyze their their pay Mm -hmm. to make sure you're in line i think one of the best solutions for that is if places fourth april 4th so we just passed that wait april 10th for 2018 and what's it called (laughs) equal pay day the next equal pay day is tuesday april 10th yeah, like I told you, I don't think we were on the air, but I think what we really need before women won't achieve full equality until we have equality in government. You know, mm-hmm. it, we it, it, we just won't. And that's but it's not that's just a woman my, thing. There's so that's, many. Yeah, that's always been my challenge. My challenge is the government. Government should represent the population. Mm-hmm. That that just should be the case. Mm-hmm. We should have. Um, and I think organizations should, but even like, you know, like the, the Fortune 500 com- companies, I think it's only 4% or 6% are female-led. Right. And I know my company... And I think it's less than that that are black-led. My company has a huge push right now out of our Australia people to get that diversity number up of the females mm-hmm. higher. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, I, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but... Um, in North America, for our company, female leadership is higher than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but across, you know, corporate America, mm-hmm. typically it's white and Asian men are the highest paid. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you've got all the different genders, um, yeah, ethnicities that <coughs> kind of fall. So it's not just a man woman thing. And <coughs> excuse me, are you okay? <coughs> no, I have a frog in my throat. <coughs> I'm very spoiled. For 17 years, I've worked for an organization that is very, very diverse, and it's because we celebrate diversity and inclusion. It's Mm -hmm. not compliance. It's inclusion. And that's where I think a lot of companies fail is they have that idea of compliance. We're going to have this. We're going to meet these quotas to be diverse. Why not just operate on the idea of inclusion? Because that's a whole different way to do it look at it mm-hmm. you know if you're operating on inclusion then you're just invite you're just hiring the best qualified candidates regardless of ethnicity sexual preference i don't even understand how sexual preference even comes to the table oh this and- forbes <laughs> this forbes article i was reading this morning said that when you look at the numbers of sexual orientation those are also down 
But there's so mm-hmm. many different levels when it comes to diversity. But then you have Google who got in trouble for doing the opposite and trying to be more diverse and only focusing on the candidates because they weren't doing what you're saying, inclusion. Mm-hmm. They were just focusing on getting their diversity numbers up. So they were only looking yeah, at I the diverse people. And I think that's where a lot of a lot of places fail. But then you also have the flip side. Then, then that's where once... Once we become more inclusive as a society, then you have the angry white man who feels like they're being left out. And they're not being left out, of course. They just think they're being left out because they're no longer entitled to things because they're white men. Right. You know, and so, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, it's interesting to watch it, but um, I, I do feel lucky I get to go to work every day to a place that was, I mean, we were, our CEO for 25 years was... Um, she retired right before we moved, but she was very out lesbian before it was cool to be an out lesbian. Um, and, and that definitely brought a different tone to my organization. Our current CEO is a female mm-hmm. or about half and half as far as uh, executive leadership for male female. The one thing that we don't have, I mean, we we certainly have a lot of black employees that is representative of what what's in the population, but only 2%. So blacks make up 12% of the nation. I think that's right. 12%. If you said it with confidence, I would go, yes, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I think it is. I think it is 12%. Um, but only 2% in healthcare. So I, I think that's one thing, and we need to look at that. Is it because they don't have the opportunities, or are they just choosing not to go there? And and what I'm a little afraid of is that they don't have the opportunities. Right. And, and that, <clears throat> so maybe that's a good strategy to work on is getting more blacks wanting to go into healthcare, whether it's the allied professions or nursing or or physicians. Do you have a pretty solid recruiting team that's reaching out to the high schools, the colleges to build those relationships with the African American student organizations? Yeah, definitely. We have we have so many different programs that reach out to the community in general. Okay. Yeah. So we have we have a program called MC squared. That's where we bring in high school students to actually train and learn. Um, We have different things we do in the community. We have a huge advocacy. department. So yeah, uh, we do plenty. I mean, there's a lot of things that we do. I mean, we do it because we love doing this. And we're a part of the community. But there's also, uh, we have the the benefit of, you know, we're a not for profit that actually earns a profit. Mm-hmm. So to keep that not for profit status, then we do a lot more community types okay. of things. All right, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, do you have the podcast app on your iPhone? Um, I don't think so. So, that's the first step to becoming a podcast listener. So, go to your iTunes store. I haven't really committed to being I'm an just all-out I'm helping you. podcast. Okay. So, go to your, your iTunes store. Mm-hmm. And it's just called Podcasts. It's a purple thing. And if you're listening and you also have an iPhone, that's what the icon looks like. It's purple. Oh, I have that. Okay. Now open it up. And you just mentioned one of the podcasts that you might listen to. I want you to search. 
Did you find the podcast yeah. app? Did you open it? Yes. Did you search? Do you, you think I'm just like texting? I, I, <laughs> you Facebooking? <laughs> You're like, all right, Janet, shut up. I don't think I've gotten on Facebook today. So if you if you search, search for that podcast that you said you wanted to listen to. I don't remember the name of the podcast. Well, go back to your Safari. Oh, for Double tap. Sake. <laughs> or whatever, if you have the 10. Swipe up. What do I want to listen to? The Gender Knot. Yes. So just type in The Gender Knot. Oh, look, there it is. Did it pop up? I, I didn't put it in yet. Where are you? I was answering a text. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the, it looks like that. It's a man and a female. Have you found it yet? Well, I can't get on your Wi-Fi, so no. Oh, my Lanta. Give, <laughs> give me your phone. No, I, I know how to do it now. I want to walk you through to the end. I'm not going to walk you halfway through and then drop you. Okay, not what just text do. me instructions. No! But I, I got it. <clears throat> let me see. No, I got it. No, let me see. Sorry, sorry we're arguing. <laughs> You're, you don't have it. I want you to subscribe so that their new podcast will be in your feed so that when you are ready to start okay. the process... It's not going to do anything until you hit play on that podcast. But if you start subscribing now, which listeners, you should be doing that to Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine if you haven't already, um, then it'll be there and you can just hit play. And every time a new one is uploaded, it's uploaded into your podcast. Do you have Xfinity? No. Oh. What do you guys use? CenturyLink. Um. Under Wi-Fi, it should be McGrew, Trout. McGrew, Trout? Because you guys are fish? <laughs> I don't know. All I didn't right. name it. Well, I know how to do this now, so we're good. Okay. The gender nut. Yes. And you should also subscribe to Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine while you're in there. I, it is already subscribed to you. So, see, I do know how. Okay, okay, okay. But the last one that I had on here, see? See, in my library. Awesome. <coughs> so clearly I know how to subscribe. At one point you did. But I just I want, I'm how. just trying to help the you. Podcasting is I'm trying mean. to be a friend. <laughs> You're like, please stop. Then can I bring you actual books to read? <laughs> like, that I hold? Yeah, like real that books. That aren't on Audible? Yeah, like real books. Okay. That you sit down and read. You know, my Fitbit thinks I have I'm... a whole thing of books that I've read. Okay. Your Fitbit, what? My Fitbit thinks I'm sleeping when I'm reading. Because <laughs> you're so relaxed. Uh-huh. So a few weekends ago, it was my first weekend right after school ended. I I was just so excited to just do nothing. nothing. And so that whole entire, so over that weekend, I read four books. Okay. Four and a half books. Great books. And I'm just totally relaxed, you know. And have you ever seen that meme where the person keeps turning around and, like, laying half off? The, that's uh -huh. how I am when I'm reading. My Fitbit thought I slept for 65 hours. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it wasn't even really counting. The, like, when I get up and go look in the refrigerator yet again to see if maybe some fairy replaced, put food in there. <laughs> Do you ever do that? You keep opening the refrigerator yeah. like something new is going to be there? You know what I did? You're the only one home, but you still think that... Or something might look appealing. Yeah. 
Oh, I have some I have some blue cheese that I bought last week, so it's still good, but it's really stinky. <laughs> so that is preventing me from doing the refrigerator opening because I'm like, oh, that smell will come at me. I love blue cheese, but it can be some stinky stuff. Yeah, even when it's... It's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the stinkier, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I probably good. need to put it in a different container that's less breathable. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm talking out loud and but like before you came over I was like don't open the fridge for like 30 minutes before she's supposed to be here because I don't want her to smell blue cheese I don't want her to think that my heart, house smells like dirty feet oh, it's so bad but yes I do that all the time I'm like oh something might look appealing or maybe there's a pizza in there that I forgot about yeah I, I think I honestly believe that some refrigerator fairies are gonna just show up and put yummy stuff into my refrigerator right you know I, I don't know why I keep doing that but <laughs> yeah anyway my Fitbit thought that I slept for 65 hours and of course some of it I was sleeping it was you know when it was night but it, yeah it thought that's all I did the entire weekend was sleep wow shows how relaxing reading is Relaxing, yes. Reading mm-hmm. is relaxing. Mm-hmm. I um, I haven't read an actual book in a long time. I read one yesterday. Like I listen to Audible. I have the Kindle app. Mm-hmm. I, I read that way, but a physical book. So yeah, bring me a book. I'll read it. You know, I don't don't bring me a book that's too smart. You got it. Well, you, you got to ease me into smart. Land. You know what's interesting is when when I first got a Kindle because you know I have I have no idea where my Kindle is. I read on my I like to read on my phone. You know, yeah. and I have the bigger it's phone because yeah, you can just thumb through. And I have I have the smaller iPad and I have the big iPad Pro. You know, so I have. But when I first started reading electronic books. I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of electronic books. I like books. I love how new books smell. I love going to the bookstore. You know, I absolutely love that. And so, but for a long time, it was it was nice. I, I, I started to adjust. Mm-hmm. Nice that I can bring my entire library every place I go. You know, yeah. if I if I just got sick you, of listening to you, I could just start reading my book. Please don't. You, I, I that would be a very boring podcast. Then I'm going to start talking about Kardashians, and people would stop listening. <laughs> it would become a fluff podcast with Carrie McLeod, <laughs> and your followers would be like, "What the hell did you do to Carrie?" <laughs> um. <clears throat> But then, you know, so recently, recently I bought, when I read all those books where mm-hmm. my Fitbit, I, it was, they were physical books. Like I actually went to Target and I bought, I just, I, hap- I happened to go down those aisles. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I bought the books instead of just looking for them on, you know, I still right. buy, I buy a lot of books from Amazon that are electronic. But I saw them, they were having like a buy one, get one. Fifty percent off on all their books, movies, and stuff. So, so I bought five books, and what I realized is I started to get. I like electronic books a lot more than I thought, because I kept getting pissed off. Like I would, I would lay in bed. You know, it was dark, and I would lay in bed, and I turn the light off, and, and then, and the then realize I can't read my book. <laughs> And then during the day, I was even getting pissed off that I can't just look at the top of my book and see what time it is, you know? <laughs> and so so I think I have made the adjustment to... You've, you've shifted to electronic books. I mean, I still like the I still like the feel of books. I still like reading actual books. And, you know, I, I know I'll still buy... Do you like books, Audible books? 
No, I don't really like listening to books on tape. I suppose, I mean, like, I, I would be, I think I could enjoy listening to, like, a J.K. Rowling book if she was the one reading it. Yeah. Um, I think depending on who the narrator is, I would be okay. But no, I'm, I don't pay as much attention to listening to things as I do to reading things. Got it. Yeah. When I'm driving, I find it to be very, like, it kind of takes me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love escapism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was, that's something I, I know about myself. I've known it for a while. What's the most recent book you're, what's the book you're listening to now? A uh, little, there's a uh, little, hold on. Little Fires Everywhere. It's the latest book that Reese Witherspoon has announced that she's going to turn into a series. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Big Little Lies. Who wrote it? Celeste. NG is her last name. Oh, yeah. I have that book. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it yet, but I actually have the physical book. It's it's a long one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a long one. I want to say it was 11 hours when I started it. I have three hours left. But I love it. I love my audibles. I, I still have to read The Girl on the Train. Yeah, you do? Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I could, Did you I, see the movie? No, Don't see the movie no, before I've, you read it. I've read like the first chapter and it just didn't grab me enough yet. And then something else came something else came out that just sounded mm. better. That happens to me a lot where it's like if you're not grabbing me right from the start then and if something else comes better. That's kind of how I date too. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you been in a book club? Yeah, where you're forced to read things. Mm-hmm. That I tried and that did not work for me. Like I was there was one book I really tried. I really really tried. I forget. It was some it was some circus. This kid was ended up being adopted into the circus. It was a little too weird. Like hmm. sci-fi, I think for me. I was like, hmm. No. So maybe you were just in the wrong book club. It was just a bunch of girls and they would randomly pick books. Oh. There wasn't like yeah, and it fell apart quickly. <laughs> It doesn't happen anymore, but I I love I love books, but yeah I would ra- I would like to be in a book club, but yeah we could start a book club. But I feel like you don't like the books I like. <laughs> well, if you had a Fifty Shades of Crap book club, then no, I wouldn't join that book. <laughs> that's the latest one I've downloaded but, on my but, Kindle. <laughs> but that book that that Audible book that's that's a book I purchased that I thought sounded good. I'm reading the other Einstein right now. What's that? It's about Einstein's first wife, who was a, a very talented, intelligent physicist in her own right. Mm. But, you know, kind of didn't get the same accolades. Not as, as fame. Not as much fame. Yeah. Um, have you watched Young Sheldon? Yes, I love Young Sheldon. Okay, good, good. Have you watched Bad Girls? No, what's that? Oh my god, that is such a great We're show. We're adding some fluff. Oh, yeah, that is such a great show. What is Bad I just, Girls? I just, it's one of those. Is it on Netflix? Where is it? No, it's on like ABC or CBS or Who's NBC. In it? It's like a new, it's a new series. It's one of those weird series. Yeah, why do they start those like mid year? Because others didn't work out, so they need fillers. Oh, okay. I don't know what it's replacing, but I just came across it by accident. Is it Roseanne like one of those? Like she just she just kind of started in the middle of a season. Yeah, and I have no interest in watching the reboot. Reboot. I I have watched it. And it's it's very good. I wasn't allowed to watch 
I don't like it. her. Is it the Bad Girls Club? No. Oh, Good Girls. It's called Good Girls. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's black. It's black. Black. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. It's white. They- it's white. It's white. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> They're Good Girls who went bad. If you watch it, you'll see how I got Good Girls, mixed. NBC. Yeah, Good Girls. Okay. I'm going to check this out. It's 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, it's it's awesome. <gasps> Have you seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No, where's that? On Prime. Okay. That is by far that is one of the best shows ever. That is the only What is it about? It was made specifically, you know, it's an Amazon original. Mm-hmm. Um it is their only show that renewed that did a second season contract uh-huh before even before even releasing the first season that it, is how does amazon prime video oh is it prime video mm-hmm. is that it i have it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a prime member but i, I never used i i'm a, i do netflix i just yeah. started watching the no, crown you you gotta watch that that is so good okay all right so i'm gonna add that I think you would really like it. Steve might not like it. We we only like fifty percent of the shows I watch are shows that he likes, and vice versa. He's a, he's all about the western stuff, and I'm not. Okay, oh, I hate western stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I'm not too far behind. It looks like there's only like one season. Yeah, there is only one season. Oh, good. Yeah, it was just it was just released in like I don't know November. Add to watch list. Yeah, it is so good. How many? How many does that get on IMBD? Ooh, yeah. Let me. Uh, eight point eight out of ten. So even bigger. Mm-hmm. That is such a fantastic show. Very cool. Mm-hmm. See, we can do some fluff. That is <laughs> that is the one I recommend the most to people, and the one that every single person has said, "Oh my god, that show Thank is you. so good." Awesome. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. when I'm on the elliptical at the gym, mm-hmm. I don't listen to music. I watch Netflix. So this will be mm. probably where I... Yeah, you'll like that. Because I like to escape it's from set, what I'm doing. It's set like in the... It's 1950s. Set in like 1958, I think. Okay. Yeah, very, very good. And it's got the guy who played in Monk. Yeah. Yeah. He plays her dad. And uh, yeah, it's just such a great show. And I'm almost caught up on This Is Us. See, I can do I fluff. Can't, I can't. As soon as I heard that the dad was going to die, I stopped listening. Watching. But you knew the dad was going to die from the I first I know, but I episode. thought maybe they might drag it out for several seasons. Well, it got really sad, and I, I don't like crying. It's very real, though. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's very real, and I think it... I think the bottom line is what the emotion that it really brings out is that emotional elevation mm-hmm. you know that good feeling that you get when you watch people you don't know doing good things for each other you know mm-hmm. so i think um i mean yeah there's incredible sadness but there's incredible happiness too and they've gone a lot farther with you've watched you watched up to the foster child didn't you the Deja? foster child. No. Is that Randall? Oh, yes. That? Yes, yeah. I did. So I I have one more episode to catch up. And so the episode I just watched this morning was all about Deja. Oh, okay. Entirely about Deja and her her mom and their life. And mm. yeah. Yeah, I kind of 
pause. This is us. Yeah, you might regret that. <laughs> I did that with Grey's Anatomy once, too, and then I ended up oh, going yeah, back. Oh, yeah, I can't get into Grey's Anatomy. I know so many people who love, 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 and I just... I don't know a lot of people that still love it outside of Steve and I. That's one of well, our tons, shows. Yeah, tons of people because all of them are on Netflix right now. Right. So tons and tons and tons of people are watching it. I watched, like, the first season when it first came out, and... I just wasn't. It was on it. after Desperate Housewives back in the day when oh, I was. Oh, yeah, that was another tape, one I didn't feel. I would tape Desperate Housewives every Sunday because I worked at a pub. So I was at work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what's this other show that's debuting? So I, I extended it to two hours and ended up taping Grey's Anatomy. And I really liked it. And that's how I fell into it. Yeah. But it was when I actually used a cas- like a VHS <laughs> and set the VCR. It was so 2003, 2004. Maybe 2005. I'm going to act like I'm too young to remember that time. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Carrie McLeod, it is coming to the end. I think I think we've been past the end. We have. That's, that's okay, though. Right? There's no podcast I don't know. that's going to come. I mean, <laughs> seriously, how long can people really, truly listen to our shenanigans? <laughs> yeah, especially... I've been told I'm annoying. I don't think you're annoying. I think this podcast went very many directions. We like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was fun. Maybe you could come back sooner than six months. We'll aim for that. <laughs> goals. Hashtag goals. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here. Everyone listening, share with your friends. Let us know if you want us to talk about a specific topic. Obviously, not a lot of things off limits. So two girls on bottom line at gmail.com. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at twogirlsandabottleofwine.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.